Hey folks, welcome to The Uncomfortable Truth. I'm Alan Weiss. Today I'm going to talk about an uncomfortable truth in terms of the new business environment. There's no strategy in place pre-pandemic that is effective post-pandemic. Every strategy will have to change, be altered, amended, or perhaps thrown out altogether and replaced. And the way we look at organizations and businesses will be different too. I estimate that about 20 or 25% of every business will be different. Not 25% of businesses in total, 25% of each business will be different as a result of what's happened, what we've learned, and what we have to adapt to. And I'm going to include here some what I call challenging things, you might consider them threatening things, uncomfortable things, about how we should look at a changed business environment. So for example, in no particular order, we have now the poorest company, P-O-R-O-U-S, the poorest company, meaning some things get in and out and some things don't. So for example, we have people working at home, we have people working in the office, we have people who will rotate between the two. We have consultants and contractors and subcontractors. We have customer involvement, supplier involvement. How do you lead and manage this kind of asymmetrical organization? It's a good question, and it's what we're going to have to be prepared for and helping organizations and leaders with. Next, we have a sales power shift. Sales will be less about telling and selling to prospects and more about enabling the buyer to buy. People have become inured to ordering and configuring online, receiving delivery the next day. Consumers are no longer dependent on a company dishing out information through its sales force, dispensing knowledge. They have their own knowledge, it's perfectly good, and they're going to be deciding how, when, and where to buy, in which case, good organizations will be enabling them to do so with them. Number three, legitimizing the customer service experience. No one anymore is willing to listen to, quote, because of unexpected high call volume, we're experiencing significant delays, or your call's very important to us, or listen to the entire menu because our options have changed. These are all insults to our intelligence. If my call was important to you, you'd pick up the damn phone. And so, people are going to expect to talk promptly to someone who can help them. Now, there's an exception to this, and that is online chat mechanisms, I think, work very well to help people, and especially when they're human and they're not just bots with generic responses. We're going to see the high-tech, high-touch dynamic shift. High-tech, high-touch dynamic shift. Now, back in, I think, 1984, John Nesbitt in Megatrends talked about high-tech, high-touch. He's one of the few true prophets. He was absolutely right. But I believe the proportions are changing. High-tech can assume much more of a role if it's personalized. And high-touch isn't required as much as before. Look at telehealth. We don't really need a live cashier to leave a store or to enter a movie. And we certainly don't need them just to employ them. Let's get over that. We're going to see more personalized support services. Best Buy, the huge electronics place, was far better in experience during the pandemic when workers came outside to greet customers outside the store and then went in to retrieve what they wanted and explained what they had and you chose what you wanted and you paid for it out there. It was much better than going into the Best Buy, roaming the aisles and vainly trying to flag down sales help. I think we need to expand that dynamic. I think it works much better. 
And this brings me to a related area of change, which I call concierge services. We've already seen concierge doctors, where for special privileges and immediate access, you pay a special fee. It's not insurance reimbursable. It might be 4000 a year or 14000 a year, but you get to see the doctor when and where you want. We'll see, I think, concierge auto service, concierge retail shopping, concierge accounting, and so forth. And I'm asking you in the consulting and coaching and related professions, are you organizing concierge consulting and coaching approaches? We're going to see more and more remote trusted advising. Key leaders are clearly seeking backstage unseen expert advice as they try to wend their way through this ambiguity. And they'll prefer this on a basis of wide latitude, meaning perhaps it will be in the evening, or perhaps on weekends and despite time zones. We're going to see, by the way, meeting extinction, as sure as the dinosaurs. The near total waste of time of physical meetings, meetings that are just used to exchange information or lie to each other about how well we're doing, have become blazingly irrelevant. Zoom, the software, has provided billions of dollars of savings in not having to transport, house, and feed people to be at these ponderously boring meetings. What would be the next iteration of this kind of technology? I mean, I'm betting it's two-way live streaming, and I'm a big fan of live streaming. But the meteor that killed the dinosaurs is the equivalent of the pandemic killing meters today, meetings today. And finally, the remote keynote. This is especially aimed at people in professional speaking who's ever left. Speakers had better learn how to deal with an audience watching remotely, Zoom or live stream or whatever, and change their performance accordingly. There's no longer a stage to roam. There's no audience to wade into. Slides are burdensome and boring. Whether a company executive or an outside expert, how does one communicate what's required in a speech or a talk with enthusiasm and efficacy to a remote audience? And maybe for you speakers out there, maybe it's time to abandon that 10-year-old speech and stop crying on cue and stop laughing on cue. Just a suggestion. Oh, and also the uncomfortable truth. (laughs) 